0: Hello, today I'm speaking with Sarah West, one of the leaders of an unusual game in development, a game called The Nemots. The Nemots is a trading card game, a TCG, and it's about as far from AAA as you can get. I'm not rubbishing it, I just want to point out that there's more than one way to build a game. The Nemots have gone down this different path, and that's the reason, or that's part of the reason, I wanted to speak to Sarah. The point is you don't have to have millions of dollars in funding to make a good game. So Sarah was introduced to me by Katie Drake Bettner, one of the founders of Wildcard. I interviewed Katie and her husband Paul a couple of weeks back. The Bettners are mentioned by Sarah a couple of times, so I needed to clear that one up. Other topics we cover, the power of nostalgia, particularly 1980s nostalgia, the dire representation of women in web 3 gaming, and in fact, the very essence and name of the genre itself. Sarah believes Web3 is a label we should reject. I agree with her. So welcome to Key Characters with me, Hal Crawford. Here's Sarah West.
1: My name is Sarah. I wear a lot of hats right now. I work for the Army Corps. During the day, I'm an environmental scientist. Then in the off time, I'm CMO of the Nemots, which is a, a trading card game. I'm also a mum to four, single mum to four, and I am an AP for Metaverse Express, the delightful Mona, and I sit on the board of Game 3 On because they are just starting a new venture whereby we broadcast everyone in Web 3, just not those who can afford to be broadcasted.
0: One of the things I didn't understand there was the Metaverse Express. What's that?
1: Okay, that's Metamona. So Metamona is a Web3 journalist, and she is absolutely fantastic. Her main mission is to bring Web3 to the mainstream. Some of the language that we use in Web3 is very exclusionary. So one of Mona's main missions is to actually make the language accessible to all.
0: I saw a tweet that the Nemots account made and I assumed that you were behind it and it was things like, don't say on the blockchain, say on the platform, don't say create a wallet, say create an account and on it goes. I found it a great list. So are we in our conversation today? We're going to respect that.
1: Perfect. Yeah, we have to. I mean, how can you ever bring anything to the mainstream if we use language that only exists within that niche? I don't think that Web3 is also the right terminology, to be frank. I think that we're just entering a new generation of gaming. Um, I think that Web3 is kind of like an exclusionary term. At the end of the day, we've gone from backgammon to being on Nintendos to being on desktops. This is just the next stage of gaming, in my opinion, and we have to frame it as such.
0: I think that's a great way of thinking about it. I've often thought that Web3 is a somewhat disparaging term because you've got to refer to Web2. Web2 people don't say I'm a Web2 person, do they?
1: If I asked my 13-year-old that he'd roll his eyes at me and he'd be like, mum, what are you talking about?
0: Sarah, could you tell me what the Nemots is?
1: Technically, it would be a trading card game, but it's kind of unique. It's not your usual TCG. We have a lot of lore behind it. There are, there are stories that we have in the background. So There are going to be seasons. We have these strange alien creatures. There's a whole story how these Nemots came into being. So the lore is a very important part of it. The artwork is very important. We're we're set in sort of like an 80s retro feel. We're in pre-alpha, so I can drop you into our Discord, grab your build. Just be warned that we've had several people go to play it who thought that they didn't like TCGs who have ended up playing for a few hours.
0: Okay, I'll take that warning. I'm not a TCG fiend but I certainly know enough about the environment to sort of have looked at several in the blockchain gaming world. So what makes the Nemots different?
1: I think it's that it's more family-friendly. It's the sort of game that will cross generations. So your child could play it with the grandfather. It's not Dungeons and Dragons. A lot of the TCGs that you see are very wizards and It's a lot more, it's more colourful, it's bright, it's using like a cat and a toaster or a cat and a cup of coffee. I call it like the Hello Kitty of TCGs. It's got that kind of anime feel to it. It's very hard to describe because it's a feeling.
0: Let's talk about that. Do you think that the strength of the game lies in the, the way that the game elements are structured, i.e. the relationships between the rules and the pieces and whatever happens on the game, or is it the nostalgia making it work?
1: I think it's a bit of both. For example, when I play it, I love the characters and I am a little bit competitive, so I like to level up my characters so that I can go thrash some people as the game moves on obviously it's going to get harder so you still have that hook you still have that nostalgia that you love your characters you love your avatar but at the same time we have that loop where it's going to get harder you're going to get drawn into it you're going to have new challenges there are going to be tournaments
0: so the the game the Nemots, is set in the 1980s why
1: you couldn't have missed stranger things that was a massive hit when we looked around We couldn't see many games like it. My children do play some shooter games, and I'm not really a fan. I would like to do something a bit more wholesome. And the 80s was actually a decade, not just of fun, but of innovation. So many great tech innovations came out of the 80s. So it makes sense to put something back into the, uh, to the atmosphere that has the nostalgia, but also has the tech references as well. Because a lot of people forget that. They remember Madonna. They remember all of the fun bits, the neon, the spandex, the headbands, really crazy leotards. But they don't remember how much tech came out. The 80s really was a decade where so much changed. So it kind of made sense for us to go back and look at the 80s rather than the 90s, a lot of kids actually understand the 80s references, because a lot of the 80s stuff is back in fashion. So it just makes sense. Although it's kind of my childhood nostalgia, I think that my kids know the 80s, they know the music, and they probably listen to their parents play the song in the car or go to karaoke. It's everywhere still.
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you don't have to experience a, a period for the nostalgia of that period to work for you. I find yeah. that quite amazing. And, of course, I experienced the same when I was younger. I grew up in the 80s, and it was all about the 60s at that point. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if you recall that. But there's always this harking back to something in the past, isn't there?
1: Always. And it happens. it happens in fashion with cycles. It's always going to happen. A lot of the time, we are just going to go in cycles because humans, we like something familiar. Something familiar makes us feel safe. That's what we do. We're going to always take an echo and think that we're the first to do it, and we're not really.
0: No. Perhaps we're going to use nostalgia more and more as we get into quite unfamiliar, disorienting environments with AI. Tell me about the name, the Nemots. It sounds like some kind of special code word. Is that invented from whole cloth, that word? That
1: was invented by Derek, who was the person that came up with the game. So he holds some of the special meanings close to his heart. So some of the information we don't put out yet because it's going to come out later in different lore and different seasons. So we keep some things a little bit quiet.
0: Is that seasons in a TCG card release sense or is that seasons in a Stranger Things, the story progresses sense?
1: So each – yeah, we should be looking at having a different season. At the moment, we have the eighties mall, and I'm just trying to remember how much I'm allowed to share.
0: Share a We're, lot and then walk it back.
1: Let's just say time travel, sorts of things happen. We just want to make sure that the game mechanics work. and We've got the, crea- the creative part, all good, all done. And The main part now is just making sure that everything functions and works and that we just have that fun game.
0: Don't forget to make a fun game. I don't really know much about Derek. Is he the creative force behind the game?
1: He's the person that came up with the game idea. So he's the game designer and he works in LA. And then there's Jasper, who's the CEO. And we all came about in a kind of strange way, as in we were a community that took over a project because it wasn't being run correctly. So we came in, rescued the project. And we've been working on it for about twelve to eighteen months now to bring it to where it was.
0: Was it called the Nemots back when you guys staged your mutiny and took it over?
1: <laughs> no, it was actually called Wildcard.
0: Was that is that related to Katie and Paul's Wildcard?
1: It's something totally different. We decided to change it to the Nemots because it fits it better. And it's a you know, it's it says more about the game because when you choose a name, it needs to say what the game is and so the neemots are the main focus of the game so it just makes sense and it's just a very unusual name so seo on it to be frank is absolutely fantastic i think that this new gaming experience is one that truly benefits gamers because i know as a mum, how much i've paid in roblox for my kids My son accidentally, or so he says accidentally, spent $300 on Roblox the other day and I almost had heart failure. So I had to close down PayPal, had to close down everything. It created a massive mess. But I've seen how much money flows out of my pocket for gaming. I've not been able to game too much because I was bringing up kids. Katie and I talk a lot about why there underrepresentation of females in the industry because a lot of the time, traditionally, the woman is pinging up the kids. So we don't have time to game. So you'll see more women in mobile gaming than you'll see in desktop gaming.
0: I'm really interested in how being a parent informs your understanding of games. What have you learned about, about computer games from your kids?
1: I learned to keep it simple. I think that we overcomplicate things and I think that kids just like to sit down and play something that appeals to them. We don't need to go into tokenomics. We don't need to go into any of this stuff. We just need to look at human wants and needs. And that's the very basic of gaming. So I did a psych degree. I was a psych major before I went back to do environmental science. And I think that gaming is just really tapping into where someone wants to escape to. We all know that gaming is a form of escapism. It's a good form of escapism, but you can also learn from gaming as well. I mean, my kids have learned physics from Minecraft. They've learned how to build, how to do all these things and I think that's an important part of gaming. It's another form of learning. And I've just meandered off now. I do this often. It's what happens when you have four kids and you're busy and your brain's slowly dying.
0: We're all slowly dying, don't worry.
1: (laughs) I know, right? That's a certainty. But I've learned patience and I've learned just go back to the simple things. You don't necessarily have to have a very polished game. To interest people, but you have to have that sudden hook.
0: I've seen my girls playing games online, web-based games. They spend a lot of time playing browser-based games. They are not AAA games. That's <laughs> one way. They're pretty ropey. Roblox, case in point, right? This is not Unreal Engine Five that we're seeing here in Roblox. Have you gone out and and talked to people about the game? How do you gather that data?
1: Oh, we have a, we have an active community, so. We've actually changed some things within the game because of community feedback. It's really important that your community feels like they have some ownership of the game. How unreal is it that you can go and speak to a game designer and say, hey, I think that that would be really good in the game and the game designer will go, oh yeah, I see what you mean. I'm going to put that in the game. Like We don't get that with Halo. You are that close to the design team and to be able to influence a game. And I think that's what the real superpower of Web3 Gaming is.
0: Yeah. Th- tell me, has the Nemots done any of that particular Web3 fundraising where you issue NFTs for money? What's your revenue stream at the moment? How do you keep the game in development?
1: We're self-funded. So at the moment, so we run a bare-bones budget, which to be frank, I think all teams should do. It's just a sensible way of being, like spend money where you need to spend it. We choose to spend our money on the development of the game. I work for free, Jasper works for free, Derek works for free, for the simple things that we love this project. I believe in this game so much, I can't even tell you how much I believe in it. It's just absolutely fantastic. I love playing it. I know that I can't go and play it because if I play it two hours later, I'm still playing it. We're looking at, and I hate this expression, but lifestyle brand. So, when I talk about Hello Kitty, I mean across the board. Another example of a great game that's done something like this is Slothtopia. They had a Kickstarter there on Facebook. They understand that when you talk about gaming, you go where the gamers are you don't go all highbrow and say, I'm not going to go use Facebook because you know it's Facebook. We're working on our campaign after 3XP to broaden our social reach to Facebook, potentially make a Facebook game just because Mm -hmm. the brand identity and getting people seeing the Nemots will help, I believe, onboard more people into blockchain gaming.
0: So tell me about that onboarding. Do You you have to have a crypto wallet though, you have to sign in with a crypto wallet?
1: No, not right now. I believe that people should have a choice. So if you want to play it and you just love playing the game and you just want to level up your cards, which is kind of what I'm doing. I'm not saving any fragments. I'm just like, I'm making the best deck that I can make. You can do that or down the line, you'll be able to exchange the fragments for currency. We're on the Oasis chain right now, and we're going to be on Polygon as well. That's to be frank, that's a secondary focus for me. I I think it's more fun to level up your cards personally because i'm just really competitive and i just want to beat everyone
0: so when you compete against someone are your cards on the line
1: you can damage your cards we are actually having mechanics in there where a card will start to look faded so it's like a real life pokemon card sort of uh, you play it too much gets a little bit damaged gets a little bit torn we will have repair packs so that you can actually repair your card
0: yeah yeah And presumably the economic underpinning of the game is that players buy shards to level up cards. Is that right?
1: Yes, you can do that if you want. We want people to play the game. That's our primary thing is that we don't want people to buy the crypto. We want people to play the game. And by playing the game, you earn fragments. So you can level up your nemots by playing the game (laughs) and you don't have to put any money in to start that either. I love it. Like I can't even talk to you about how much I love this game. It's just, I get happy.
0: Is everyone on the team like you?
1: No. I'm like the super enthusiastic out there person. Jasper is Dutch and very stoic. He's just very calm. Derek is just calm. He's from LA, so he's like LA artist type calm. And I'm the only female on the team. I talk with a lot of emotion and feeling, whereas the guys are just huh?
0: The Nemots was recognised at the 3XP Gaming Expo. I don't know how you can win a prize when the expo hasn't even happened and the game's not released, but you did win a prize. Most yes. promising TCG, I think. Yes. Well done.
1: Thank you. That was a lot of community coming out and recognising all the hard work we've done.
0: Sarah, I'm interested in your personal journey. So you mentioned earlier that you also work for the US Army. How on earth did you become involved with the U.S. Army? You don't sound American.
1: My ex-husband was in the military. He was in the Navy and we were based in Spain and we made the decision to get divorced. When you have parents of different nationalities, it's really tough. So the best option for me was to stay in the States so that I could make sure their dad has a relationship with the kids. So I applied for some jobs with the army corps in california and i got it so I, I flew back from spain to california in the height of covid which i would never recommend anyone do with kids and three cats all on the plane for madrid to san francisco my dad was in the raf my granddad was in the navy i would never go in as active duty because i'm just too mouthy that but going in as a civilian is you, is you good don't enough. risk
0: a court martial as a civilian.
1: No, I'd probably having that every day. Yeah, so, what I, are you
0: actually doing for the army?
1: I'm an environmental scientist, so I try and make sure that all of our fresh water is kept safe.
0: You're a psych major. You're an environmental scientist as well. You've been in fashion. You've been in marketing. So you've had quite a quite a career, and you've got four kids.
1: Life is about experiencing lots of different things. I worked in the Middle East as well. I was, I was a bar manager in a five star hotel. And that was an interesting experience. Again, being a female manager in a very male orientated world. So I learned a lot being there. I had the joy of going, I don't know if you like Formula One. But the Williams team at the time was staying at the hotel. And so I managed to get pit side with them and ended up doing a fashion shoot with Jensen Button and Hamilton, which is really amazingly fun. And then with fashion, I went to London College of Fashion and did styling for a while and worked in Nicole Faris' design studio and then just did some styling for like Dazed and Confused and stuff. So I think that all of those things together... Have just made me see so many different types of people that I think it just really helps in marketing. Life's too short to just be bored. Go out there and do things and have fun. And if you don't like something, try something else. Life's really short, man. And as you get older, you start realizing that and you're like, crap, no, I need to go out and do something and live life. And you can do it in such a way that you actually gain knowledge from it as well. You don't always have to be nuts.
0: And that journey ended in uh, blockchain gaming, <laughs> interestingly.
1: Yeah, I know, and now I'm stuck here forever.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I shouldn't say ended. That journey I is- never next- I know,
1: right? Cheers. I know I'm older, but come on, how?
0: <laughs> You've always been a gamer, have you, Sarah? You've always uh, played games?
1: God, I had to set that spectrum. I just remember on the table tennis, I'm really bad with names, but I remember experiences and feelings and I just remember being sat in front of the um, TV playing it because I just had chicken pox and mum had just put all the, you know, what's the pink lotion?
0: Uh, Calamine.
1: Calamine on me and I'm just there playing my computer games in front of the fire.
0: Yeah, now just to circle back to our main subject, which is blockchain gaming, you made the point earlier, I can't actually remember if it was on tape or not, but you made the point that... It's not going to be blockchain gaming. It's just going to be the next iteration of gaming. Could you talk about that a bit more?
1: It's just a tool. It's just basically a feature. It's a benefit to gamers, but I don't think we need to define it. I don't think we need to put it first. I think that's part of the issue with a lot of people talk about how do we onboard gamers? How do we onboard traditional gamers, et cetera, et cetera? And as it starts right there, you're separating people. You're separating it all, so why don't we just stop separating it all, reframe how we talk about gaming, and just say, hey, this is the new way of gaming. These are the benefits. It's all about the language and how we put it forward. I think that's why we're failing right now is because right straight away, we're being divisive in our language and saying, we've got web two over here, and then we've got web three over here, and that's just not how you onboard people by pointing out different <laughs> Yeah.
0: I think you make a great point. You're not going to get people to come into your tribe by saying, "Hey, you're you're not part of our tribe." So, what would you recommend specifically around the language because it's a little bit difficult with a game like the NEMOTS because it is actually what I would call a blockchain game. It's quite heavily mm-hmm. premised on the blockchain tech. So, how do we change our language and our ways?
1: I think that we put blockchain to the back. So, with me. I'm looking at getting us onto Facebook gaming. I think that we should look more at brand identity with the games on web three, meet people where they're at, go to Facebook gaming, have a mini game, have some way that people can experience your brand without having to go the full way. And then also, I think that we need to have that one click solution. I don't know about you, but when I first started to buy crypto. I was like holy heck like you've got to do what because it was hard trying to buy crypto to do stuff oh my gosh it was terrible so i think that we don't hide the fact that it's blockchain because then you're lying to people but we make it easy for easy enough for people to do it so afterwards they go oh that's blockchain gaming i think that web3 already we are overcoming a barrier just because the second you mentioned crypto, people think get rich quick. But the irony is that people get rugged from row leggings or whatever they were called. There are scams everywhere, but I think they seem to get super highlighted in Web3. I see a lot of statistics thrown around. And just as a scientist, I'm like, where did you get that stat from? Yeah. Because I, I saw someone on the other the other day say, oh, 90% of Web3 games are bad. And I'm like, How did you get that 90%? Like, it it bothers me tremendously when people put out false statistics and it kind of doesn't help the space by doing that.
0: I believe that the majority of blockchain games are not high quality, for example. But then you
1: own that belief. You're making it clear that it's an opinion. You're not trying to say that it's a fact.
0: So Sarah, what? anything before we wrap up, anything else that you'd like to add about the game or what you guys are doing?
1: I think people just need to come and play us. I know that we look, we're quirky. Let's be honest, like we're not a usual type game. We don't have some of the selling points that others might but we have that emotional bond that i believe is going to make us a winner we we invite everyone to come and test the game on discord i adore katie and paul katie and i and some other ladies are going to be starting some women-led spaces as well Um, if we can have something virtual where we can all meet i think we need to do that because we need to address the inequality that is currently existing in web3 yeah
0: Yeah, yeah, it'd be great to get a whole lot of different kinds of people in the industry in the space. Thanks, Sarah, so much for the conversation.
1: No, thank you, Hal. It's been a pleasure.
0: That was Sarah West from the Nemots and a very fun person she was to talk to too. I really enjoyed speaking to her. We laughed quite a lot off mic. Sarah and her team are very much coming from the community end of town and they are making a game for the love of it with a great deal of passion. Good luck to them. My name is Hal Crawford, and this is Polymos Key Characters. Bye for now.